This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. November 3rd, we're your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world, especially today, today being Election Day. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how was your weekend? How's uh, daylight saving time ending treating you? And how you doing? Uh, Weekend was terrible. Uh, I was sick all weekend, literally did nothing but rest and uh, try to recuperate so I can get back to work. Uh, Still a little under the weather, so if my voice turns a little froggy, it... uh, I'll try to mute as much uh, voice clearing as I can. But, uh, you know, the daylight savings part was nice in the sense that I got that little extra sleep. But, uh, you know, ever since Halloween Day, I've just been uh, under the weather. So not the best weekend, man. But I know yours was much better than mine. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who noticed, obviously, we didn't do a live show yesterday. Uh, I was down in Southern California visiting my boys for uh, Halloween, for the Halloween weekend. Had a great time with them and, and just had fun overall. And so made it back yesterday afternoon, got some things done. And of course, we are back now with a brand new episode for you guys. And uh, we're going to be here for the rest of the week. So knock on wood, no technical glitches or, or you know any issues there. But uh, in any case... Let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host. And actually, today is a little more of a game for my co-host. We're going to play a little bit of a headline Mad Libs. So, uh, Tony, I'm going to ask you for a a couple answers real real quick here and see if the Mad Lib that you come up with is crazier than the actual story. So, uh, real quick, I need a specific place from you. It could be uh, the name of a... A store or a country or something specific. Okay, something specific. We'll just say, uh, we'll say uh, Sam's Club. Okay. Sam's Club. All right, now I need a noun, just a person, a place, or a thing. Um, <laughs> Johnny Bravo. <laughs> I don't know why that popped in my head. <laughs> All right. Now I need another thing noun. Uh, Peter Bankman. Uh, let's let's go with a thing instead of a person. Oh, a thing. Just an object. Uh, an object. Okay, we'll say a. Uh, oh, a Funko Pop. All right. Funko Pop. 
And then finally, I need a non-specific place. So it could be a car, a room, uh, you know, not the the title of something, but just a non-specific place. A closet. All right. All right. So in our headline Mad Libs, Tony's uh, headline is uh, Sam's Club, Sam's Club's Johnny Bravo King Killed with a Funko Pop in a Closet. All right. All right. That's fun yeah. enough. Okay, that good times. I would say that that does not outdo our actual headline. You ready for it, Tone? Ready. All right. Russia's Sausage King killed with a crossbow in a sauna. Ooh. I'm going to repeat. Russia's Sausage King killed with a crossbow in a sauna. No, we are not making up these headlines. This actually happened. So a group of masked assailants killed a Russian businessman dubbed the Sausage King with a crossbow at his country residence in the Moscow region. Russia's uh, investigative committee said the victim who owns a large meat processing plant was in a sauna with his wife when the attack happened. The committee did not name the man, but the state media identified him as Vladimir Muragov, citing his ex-wife Tatiana Maragov, who confirmed his death. They said several masked men entered the bathhouse, tied up the owner of the house and his spouse, and then demanded money. Muragov's wife managed to escape through a window and and called police, who found her husband dead at the scene, along with the crossbow used to shoot him. The investigative committee has launched a criminal investigation, according to the statement. Late Monday, state-run news agency R.A. RIA, words are hard this morning, Novosti reported that one suspect had been detained for questioning. So I don't think he's the sausage king of New York, New Jersey. What was it from uh, Ferris Bueller? Uh, For the sausage king? Yeah, remember uh, when they went into the restaurant, had a reservation, and uh, said they were the sausage king of, I want to say it was New York or New Jersey. Oh, I forgot where they said it was, yeah. Yeah, in any case, so, uh, yeah, just weird stuff happening all around the world. And thought it'd be fun to play a little bit of uh, headline Mad Libs uh, to see how much crazier the actual story yeah, could be. Yeah, I, I like it. That was definitely a uh, something I didn't see coming. <laughs> Somebody put me back in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, let's talk about today's show, shall we? It is a Tuesday. In fact, it is... It is Taco Tuesday! It is Taco Tuesday, though we had tacos last night, but you know what? We were celebrating a little bit early. In any case, today we have Animal Tales, as we do on Tuesdays, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. We have a segment called Entitled Parents Home Learning Edition. Our call-in topic today is TSA Horror Stories. Obviously, I traveled over the weekend and uh, saw some strange stuff. We have Whatever Happened to the Cast of... You have to stay tuned to find out which cast we're talking about. Of course, we close out the day with This Day in History. And up next, Tony is here with the entertainment news. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. 
And we are back, folks. This is the Persia Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, November 3rd. Now, we do, or we have a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you know the Sausage King who was murdered with a crossbow in his sauna. If that's the case, give us a call. Phoenix Line is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O. Or 855-336-4973. Again, any topic, you can just check in. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together and put them out in a future show. Now, speaking of entertaining, my slightly under-the-weather co-host is here, Tony with the San Philip. Wow. You know what? It's, <laughs> I, you can tell it's been a long weekend. <laughs> Tony's I here. I didn't expect you to say that. With the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is November 3rd, 2020. It's election day. Here's your Filippo Fast Five. Sean Connery, the Scottish-born actor who rocketed to fame as James Bond, became one of the franchise's most popular and enduring international stars, has sadly passed away. He was 90. Fatality. <clears throat> yeah, that's a sad a one. But he, he lived a good life, you know. Not only was he 90, um, but he was vacationing in the Bahamas when he passed away in his sleep. So, I mean, can't can't complain. He had a hell of a good life. So Yeah, can't ask for much more than that. No, definitely. Still sad, but yeah. nonetheless. Arrow, Steven. Oh, man, I'm going to butcher this. Amel? Amel. ML, okay. I don't know why that was hard. Just a pretty simple name. Um, anyways, uh, he suffered a back injury performing stunts for a new wrestling series he's going to be in called Heels. So well, hopefully he gets better soon. He's used to action films so uh, or action shows, so hopefully he gets better with that. <clears throat> uh, Mel B asked to increase Eddie Murphy's 25000 monthly child support due to the income Due to her income dramatically reducing, twenty five thousand dollars a month for child support for one kid. I didn't know what? she had a kid from him, and I guess she's not getting that what America's Got Talent money anymore. Yeah, my God, twenty five k for one kid. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, and how do you know Eddie Murphy's stock isn't hurting too? I mean, right. well, he did is just he making movies. Is he doing stuff? Actually, I mean, he just made a buttload of money with uh, the Coming to America sequel that they just sold to Amazon Prime for $125 million, so. Well, now that's probably why she's asking for more, so. More wow. than likely. That's just, that's insanity. I don't know how much it is to pay one kid for child support, and I mean, it's 25k. Wow. I can tell you it's not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't 25k either, is it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Oh, Colin Jost. Uh, Colin Jost. Colin Jost? Jeez. Lucky bastard. I'm going to Filippo some stuff. I am off today, kids. I am sorry. Uh, Colin Jost uh, debuts his wedding ring during Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live, and he is now married to Scarlett Johansson. They got married over the weekend, so or this last week. So kudos to him. Yeah. Pick up, pick up there. And lastly, in the Fast Five, in a season full of seemingly nonstop devastating injury news, the San Francisco 49ers have taken two more of their biggest hits. As sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter on Monday, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo and tight end George Kittle are expected to miss extended time, up to five weeks. And they've already both been hurt this season, 
and have come back, and now they're both hurt again. So if you're a 49ers fan, like uh, most people that watch this show probably are, seeing as uh, it's close to Nevada, ah, devastating news there. Well, I know. Definitely. Ouch. Um, but that is it on your Fast Five. We'll roll into the actual entertainment portion now. Uh, AMC post huge loss in latest quarter. Uh, as, uh, AMC posted a sharp 90.9% drop in revenue in its physical third quarter as the theater chain continues to reckon with the fallout from COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, uh, AMC theaters revealed $119.5 million in revenue down year over year from 2019 when the theater chain reported revenues, revenues of over $1 billion. AMC is now trying to raise funds to avoid bankruptcy by trying to sell shares to raise around $50 million. AMC is currently operating about 539 of its 600 domestic locations, but theater attendance has remained low during the COVID-19 pandemic. Attempts to re-energize the theater industry occurred over the summer when Christopher Nolan's Tenant was the first blockbuster released, but box office returns failed to meet expectations. Following the response, other movie producers have pushed big 2020 tent poles into 2021. Uh, <clears throat> this is the first time, for the time being, AMC is focusing on raising capital and finding alternative arrangements. Um, Adam Aaron, the CEO, highlighted a deal with Universal Pictures that will highlight that will allow the producer to release films digitally within weeks after a theatrical run. So. Uh, it's just bad times for the theaters. It just really is tough. It seems to me an insurmountable amount of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, if the theater chains can hang in there through however long this coronavirus lockdown takes, they'll rebound. There, there will definitely be a market for them once things go back to normal. But it's just surviving during this time. And, you know, as yeah. we're seeing, some theater chains can't. What is it? Regal that went out of business? Yeah, they tapped out. And you yeah. know what's crazy is um, AMC hasn't charged for, uh, like, uh, you know, I was on their movie pass, their premiere mm -hmm. uh, Stubbs Rewards. I haven't been charged at all, and I'm surprised, like, they haven't reached out to Stubbs members asking if they'd be willing to pay a discounted movie pass price during this time or something just to get a little revenue. I mean, yeah. I would just to support them. I haven't gone to shoot its the last time I went to a movie, I think, was uh, Tenant. Actually, I haven't gone back, so well, that's a, there's been nothing. That's the thing. I mean, if they reached out to everybody and say half said, yeah, you know what? I, I would support you guys at half, you know, 50% of what I was normally paying. Yeah. Then you know what? You, you give them some extra perks when things go back to normal, and it, it helps them out. I mean, that's, that's a huge amount of money that uh, they're just leaving on the table for people who were already supporting them that may be willing to support them in the future. Yeah, and I mean, as a movie guy, I would love, to, I would be more than happy to support it. So just to keep them afloat would be nice. Um, there was a box office report uh, this last week. Uh, that movie, Come Play, was a uh, did well during the holiday weekend of Halloween. Uh, it was the little boy with the iPad who could see a ghost, and the ghost comes to life. Yeah, it looks I, it looked kind of creepy. Did it? Okay. Pretty all right. All right. Did uh, it did six hundred ninety four thousand for the number one. Uh, War with Grandpa was number two at 447. <laughs> Honest Thief, aka Taken Seven, 389. Uh, the Empty Man, never heard of that. Number four, and 
Hocus Pocus uh, at number five. And then, of course, Nightmare Before Christmas, Spell, Adam's Family, Monsters, Inc., and the New Mutants round out the top ten. Alita Battle Angel, which you took the boys to, yep. uh, was number 11. So. Gotcha. So there's still a little bit of a box office, but as you can tell, nothing nothing was big drawing movies, you know. It's uh, it's better than nothing, but it ain't drawn in much. So. Yeah. As you mentioned, I took the boys to see Alita Battle Angel, which is still a fun movie, unfortunately, and not enough people really saw it the first go around that, uh, you know, I think the reason they're making a push right now is to try and get a sequel out of it, which I think it deserves. But uh, I wasn't going to leave it up to chance with the boys. I went ahead and just got the tickets because if I gave them the choice, we would have seen War with Grandpa, and I, I don't think I could suffer through two hours of that. No. Ooh, no. War with Grandpa. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, moving on to TV area of the entertainment portion here, The Walking Dead, Daryl and Carol spinoff has an unexpected change. Daryl had no idea The Walking Dead was going to die. Talking on EW Live on SiriusXM, actor Norman Reedus discussed the origins of his and co-star Melissa McBride's upcoming Daryl and Carol Walking Dead spinoff. According to the actor, he talked about the possibility of it with showrunner Angela King as far back as Season 9 episode The Storm, which featured the zombie survivors dealing with a winter wonderland from hell. I was pitching these ideas because it was kind of like, after eight years, you're like, where do you see the show going? I had an idea. I kind of threw it out there. We talked about it a lot. Melissa and I talked about it a lot. He said, adding that he and McBride were even making Spotify playlists about it. <laughs> Years later, Reed has got the call that they'll be doing the show, though there was also one expected surprise. The original, the announcement that The Walking Dead is coming to an end. That kind of came out of nowhere, he said. The good news for Reed is that the Walking Dead isn't ending for two years still, airing new episodes through 2022, so there's still plenty of show left. As Carol said on the most recent episode of The Walking Dead, we still have things to do here. So, still coming along, but they were shocked that uh, the original series was ending, which well, I think it kind of needs to all tie up. Yeah, and to be realistic, would he have had time to do two separate Walking Dead series? I mean... Uh, from what I understand yeah. is the, the filming schedule for it is intensive. And so, you know, just be happy that he still gets to continue on. And uh, you know what? Hopefully they can tie up the original Walking Dead series in a nice little bow, take it out on a high note, and uh, let it die a merciful death that uh, it, it probably needs to at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then if you guys are Netflix streamers and you're looking for some great stuff coming out this week, some of the highlights will be a Clockwork Orange. Boys in the Hood, Casper. Should have probably come out in October, you think? <laughs> uh, Dawson's Creek, season one through six. Ooh. Easy A. Ooh. Um, uh, Little Monsters, that 1989 movie with Fred Savage <sighs> and uh, Howie Mandel. Ocean's Eleven, my favorite, Paul Blart Mall Cop. Platoon, <laughs> The Next Karate Kid, and Yes Man. So those are a couple highlights of many things coming out on Netflix this week. And uh, let's see. We've got about 12 seconds. We're on the birthday, so I don't kill you guys anymore with entertainment. I'm like Mr. Drowsy Face today. I'm like, <laughs> in today's entertainment news. Yeah. Unfortunately, Tony's, yeah. Tony's melting. But uh, you know what? We'll, we'll, I am melting, but we'll, we'll dance on into the birthdays. Exactly. It's my birthday. All right. 
Sunday, November 3rd birthdays. Colin Kaepernick, the former 49er quarterback and uh, guy with a big afro nowadays. He's 33. He's also legendary at UNR, so that's always good. Uh, Roseanne Barr, 68. She did not run for president this year. Dolph Lundgren, if he dies, he dies. 63. <laughs> Ivan Drago there. Jim Cummings, Monterey Jack from uh, Rescue Rangers, 67. I didn't confuse him with Brian Cummings this time. <laughs> uh, number seven, Mick Thompson, guitarist of Slipknot, is 47. Um, Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, is 27. Dennis Miller is 67. A lot of people are something in seven. Yeah. You know, ending, yeah. Lucky seven. Uh, Phil Sims, uh, one of my least favorite commentators on <laughs> football. Thank God he just does the uh, the pre-show on yeah. CBS. Yeah, thank God he doesn't have much. Uh, former New York Giants quarterback. He is 67? Ah, close, 66. Oh. But that's just 11 birthdays today. Everybody almost ended on seven. Almost. All right. Well, happy folks, birthday. That does it for the entertainment report. When we come back, it's Tuesday. And we've got Animal Tales sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you guys in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, November 3rd. Now, we are all over social media with many of you watching us right now on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. And we're easy enough to reach on social media. You can reach me at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, Radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.Sanfilippo. That's S A N F I L I P P O. Dot nine four or on Instagram at Tony.Sanfilippo81. Now, being that it's Tuesday, and as we do each and every Tuesday, it's time for Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Now, Rough Riders is a local 501c3 nonprofit dog rescue dedicated to the transport of dogs from the rural kill shelters here to the local metro area of Reno, where we work with uh, local rescues and uh, other shelters. To find them homes, give them a second chance at life. If you want more information, head over to roughriders.org or facebook.com forward slash roughridersaves. Well, with that out of the way, it is time for Animal Tales. Dogs and the cats, they take up the middle where the honeybee hums and the cricket fiddles, the donkey prays and the pony neighs, the old grape badger sighs. Listen to the bass, it's a one on the bottom Where the bullfrog croaks and the hippopotamus Moans and groans with the big to-do And the old cow just goes moo Yes, the old cow always just goes moo Well, let's go ahead and kick off Animal Tales with a light-hearted story So a rare yellow turtle spotted for only the second time ever Looks like, well, melted cheese Turtles don't just come in shades of green, they come in yellow too. A rare yellow version of the albino Indian flapshell turtle was just spotted and rescued from a village pond in West Bengal, India. 
Indian Forest Service officer Debashish Sharma posted photos of the rare yellow turtle uh, known as Lysimus punctatus on Twitter last week. The Indian flapshell turtle is commonly found in South Asia countries like Pakistan, Sri Lanka, India, Nepal, Bangladesh, and Myanmar. According to the wildlife biologist Shneha Darwadkar, wow, I'm surprised I'm getting these, the rare yellow color of the turtle may be due to the lack of a pigment called tyrosine present in high amounts in reptiles. A genetic mutation or possible congenital disorder is likely responsible for the lack of tyrosine. Indian flapshell turtles are typically only 9 to 14 inches long and like to eat frogs, snails, and aquatic vegetation. So while it is a mutant turtle, it is not a teenage mutant ninja turtle, which is always sad. You know, I always hope to come across, you know, some uh, TCRI ooze that fell into the sewer, (laughs) changed four turtles into, uh, uh, you know, what are they, party dudes? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Unfortunately, we, we never quite get that. But uh, in any case, let's move on to our next story. Yeah! Oh, in this next story, which sounds like it could only come out of the movie, uh, or sorry, the show Tiger King. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Oh, well, a man who paid $150 for a quote-unquote full contact experience with a black leopard says he had to undergo multiple surgeries after he was mauled by the full-grown animal in an enclosure behind a Davie home. This is in Davie, Florida. Of course, that makes sense, considering both Tiger King and Florida Man. A picture obtained by Local 10 News shows Dwight Turner's heavily bandaged head and ear after the savage attack, which detectives from the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission say happened behind a home on Ernest Boulevard on August 31st. The man who lives there, identified as Michael Pogi, has a Facebook page saying he runs an animal sanctuary for rare and endangered animals. Authorities say Pogi was charged with allowing full contact with an extremely dangerous animal and was cited for maintaining captive wildlife in an unsafe condition. Investigators say Pogi charged the 50-year-old Turner $150 for a quote-unquote full contact experience with his black leopard to quote, play with it, rub its belly, take pictures, and get his face eaten off. Oh, I added that last part. Um, The injuries (laughs) injuries were so severe, the report says, the victim's scalp was hanging from his head and his right ear was torn in half. Attempts to speak with Pogi at his home have been unsuccessful, and of course there has been no comment from Carol Baskin. <laughs> uh, I mean, she's got all this time after being eliminated from Dancing with the Stars. I mean, it it just doesn't seem that uh, that hard. So <laughs> it's um, what she is doing everything she can to stay in the limelight. She may, recently made an announcement that I forget exactly what it was, but it was one of those "Hey, look at me" announcements, and I don't know. I just can't get behind it. But uh, in any case. No. Don't keep wild animals. Don't keep wild cats. Don't charge people to have a full contact experience and not expect somebody to get their face mauled. It just it just doesn't make any sense. No, no. You, they're wild animals for a reason. <sighs> it doesn't. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> well, and let's move on to our final story in Animal Tales. <coughs> this one's a little terrifying. Tony, let's see if you can guess the animal. A police chief in the Philippines was killed by a what? Walk, walk. A walk, walk? Yeah, a demon bird. <laughs> walk, walk. It's a Philippine lore story. Gotcha. Uh, the walk, walks, yeah. The devil birds that come out at night. 
Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, oh, I don't know. You know, know. What? you actually worked too far off. He was killed by a cock, a rooster. Police chief in the Philippines was killed by a cock. Hey, walk a cock, a cock. <laughs> Uh, in a freak accident during a raid to break up an illegal cockfight, when the fighting bird's blade cut open an artery in his leg. If we didn't already have to worry about murder hornets and zombie cicadas, now we have to worry about roosters cutting people open. Lieutenant Christian Doc! Bullock, chief of the San Jose Police Force, bled to death Monday in Madugang Village after the razor-sharp blade called a gaff sliced his femoral artery. Quote, he was trying to confiscate the roosters, but the problem was the rooster's blade may have been laced with poison. Police tried to slow the blood loss by trying to clot, uh, uh, by tying a cloth tightly around Bollock's leg, he added, but they may have applied it in the wrong spot. <laughs> Boy, they, this guy had no hope. Three farmers who had been taking part in the illegal fight were arrested and three others were being sought. Authorities seized seven roosters, a pair of gas, and 550 pesos about $10 in cash. Ooh, big money. Police have been cracking down on illegal cockfights as the gatherings have been blamed for helping spread the coronavirus in the central province. So they're not shutting down the cockfights because it's inhumane, because it's uh, an awful thing to do. They've been shutting it down because it's been spreading the coronavirus, which, again, does not make any sense. Ong Chuan and the local government praised Bullock's work in enforcing safeguards to corrupt uh, to fight coronavirus, words are hard today. They said, we grieve with our uh, provincial police in the loss of such a committed and selfless officer whose enforcement of our community quarantine regulations has cost him his life. It goes to show, never go head-to-head uh, -head with an illegal cock. It, it just, no. It, it's not going to pan out for you. No, it's going to be a hard time for you. <laughs> Especially an illegal legal cock that's uh, uh, armed with a blade. You know, it's yeah. like something straight it'll, out of song. It'll leave you, it'll leave you stiff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's only Tuesday, <laughs> but yes, our juvenile humor uh, does come through. But uh, yeah, well, I was just talking. Hey, it killed him, right? Yeah, so, hey, we're not saying yeah, anything yeah, yeah. that's when not you true. Die, yeah, when you die, you get stiff. Yeah. like your body, it just right. yeah. You know, and yeah. and a deadly cock is it's not something to mess with. So <laughs> no. <laughs> well, folks, that does it for yeah. Animal Tales. Uh, be sure to check out roughriders.org uh, at uh, roughriders.org or facebook.com forward slash roughridersave. When we come back, we are going into a segment called Entitled Parents Home Learning Edition. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you guys in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And welcome back, folks, to the fourth and final segment of the first hour of today's show. It is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on Tuesday, November 3rd. We still got plenty of show ahead with our whole second hour, including our call-in topic and uh, some more fun things ahead. 
But in any case, uh, if you missed a portion of this show, you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Speaking of caring, you know, in this segment, wanted to talk about home learning. Uh, you know, uh, luckily, Tony, you don't have to deal with uh, the whole home learning, COVID, distance learning sort of thing. But uh, I've had my fair share with having the boys out here going down and, and helping them out. And it's not easy, especially for working parents you know, trying to coordinate both working from home, getting the kids going, but it's also not easy on the teachers either. You know, the teachers have a hard job. They have to try and do something that really requires a captive audience, you know, there and in person. And doing this in a distance sort of thing, like what Tony and I are doing with Zoom, you can't always hold the kids' attention. Well, unfortunately, there are a number of entitled parents who, uh, you know, grew up to hopefully not raise entitled children that are blasting back at teachers. And uh, you know what? It's, it's unfounded and uh, compiled a list of uh, text messages of entitled parents who are doing such nonsense and uh, wanted to go through and, and just sort of highlight some of the stupidity that's out there. Has the planet gone mad? <laughs> Tony, could you imagine having to do your work through Zoom? You know, trying to tell your crew what to do, how to do things with that distance and then expecting them to stay on target? No. Well, number one, it wouldn't work uh, being in retail, you know, and, and trying to lead the uh, night merch. Uh, um, sorry, I'm getting all kinds of phone calls this morning. Um, <laughs> the uh, the whole night merch thing, it'd be like me saying, OK, I need you to stock this aisle, this aisle. But they'd actually have to be there to do it. So. Um, but I mean, yeah, if I was, let's say out and, uh, cause I'm sick and I, and I have to still call the shots and they had to set up a zoom thing like me directing traffic. I mean, me being able to hold them accountable. There's no way. No. I mean, cause I'm not there to check their work. I, all I could do is relay the task, the game plan at hand. And this is what needs to get done. This needs to happen. And there you go. But if I'm not there, I mean, I can't, I can only do what I can do and I can only trust that they're going to do uh, the task I give them. Exactly. And they have certain responsibilities that they have to uphold being grown adults with response, you know, responsibilities of their own. Well, you have uh, this entitled parent who reaches out to Miss Jackson says, Miss Jackson, let me start off by saying that I am disgusted at the school system. Working parents shouldn't have to be teachers. That's why you all get paid. I get home, I see my child is failing. This is ridiculous. It's your job to make sure they understand. How the hell is she failing every course except math and science? Please explain before I go higher up in the chain. To which the teacher replies, Good afternoon. I'm so sorry that you are unsatisfied with the school system. This time is difficult for us all. As stated, I am your child's teacher. Much like I would not have the ability to physically drive your child to school, I do not have the ability to wake your child up and put them on the computer. My role, as you stated, is to teach. Your role is to have your child ready to learn in a safe, quiet environment with supplies. On multiple occasions, I've called, text messages, uh, text, and even come to your home because we had not been able to contact you or even lay, your, lay eyes on your child for orientation. 
I understand your frustration. <laughs> ah, it's mind blowing that uh, they expect that uh, you know these parents are supposed to. Uh, I mean, the teachers are supposed to make sure that the kids are even in front of their computer, which it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Um, this one says, okay, well, for future reference, I would appreciate if you do not contact my husband on Class Dojo. I guess that's the system they use. That is inappropriate and uncalled for. I handle her schoolwork, and the two of you should have no private conversation. To which the teacher replies, your husband was contacted because his information was given to me. No conversation has ever been inappropriate. On eight different occasions, I have attempted to reach you. You gave us his information in the event that we could not reach you. If you like his information removed, please contact the office to remove it, and I will make a note as well for future reference. At which point she responds back, and of course not in a polite, nice way. No, it doesn't, doesn't sound like it's going that way. Uh, I just don't want you contacting him. I'm not comfortable, and I will let him know as well. If my child is not on the computer, it's my expectation that you will call me and let me know daily. I don't have time to keep up with her and all this work. Again, I am not her teacher. If you're going to give out zeros, I expect you to come here and help her. That's all. Uh, at which the teacher responds, as much as I would love to do that, ma'am, that is not feasible. I have 54 students and cannot call the parents of every student who is not logged on daily. To avoid any further confusion, can set up an in-person meeting with administration to go over expectations. Please let me know a date and time that works for you. I will work around your schedule. Sounds like the teacher is doing everything she can. Yeah, to... she's handling it like a, to like a total professional. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. again, unreasonable, entitled parents... <sighs> Again, the comeback. If I need a meeting, I would have asked you for one. Do as I ask, and we won't have any issues. My daughter will not fail because you're being lazy. And the teacher responds, uh, ma'am, yeah. have a good night. The principal will be following up with you tomorrow. Again, it's mind-blowing that uh, th this parent just doesn't... You know, a lot of people won't take blame. You know, it's always somebody else's fault, which drives mm -hmm. me nuts. But how do you not see what's happening here? It's it's just the yeah, well, it's clear as day, ridiculous. you know. Yeah, you know, it's it's real simple. It's the teachers just saying, "Hey, look, uh, I'm going to give out zeros because your kid's not logging in. I I can't make your kid log in. I mean, you're at the house. You have to make sure. And the whole thing is, is why can't the husband make sure the wife like like it sounds like the husband's great at communicating unless they're divorced or separated and that's why the husband's being contacted. I don't, I don't really know why they think that the dad can't make sure the kid's on there. But. Well, and yeah, you know, it, uh, apparently the, the mom doesn't trust the dad. And like you said, they might be divorced. They might be separated. But she was the one who initially uh, put him as a second point of contact. And the teacher even stated, you know, I, I've tried to call you. I've tried to text you. I've tried reaching out through you to you through the system. I've even stopped by your house, to which the lady comes back later on and says, I expect you to come over here if you can't. I got bad news for you. She did come yeah. over there, and you still didn't help out. It's, it's nobody's fault but your own. It's crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. And it's like, okay, so if you don't have time to make sure that your kid's up on a computer, like how in the hell were you making sure your kid was up dressed and ready to go to school before the whole thing? 
Well, that might have been the dad's role. And, you know, again, this parent is just either being lazy or, or doesn't find any fault. Now, it is tough, you know, obviously being a parent, trying to help your kid learn from home. Um, you know, my boys are eight and 11. My 11 year old's a little more self-sufficient. You know, he can go through. He understands most of the work he has to do. But every once in a while, he has questions. But my eight-year-old, you know, you've got to hold his hand through the process. You know, he's a little bit like uh, Doug from uh, Up. You know, squirrel. You know, if something around the house gets his attention, he'll wander off and he'll do whatever (laughs) it is. And, you know, you you got to sit him back down, point him in the right (laughs) direction and really help him out. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of an attention thing. It's an age thing. But, uh, you know, it's not easy but you got to understand that it's not easy for the teachers either. For instance, no, uh, they're trying. Yeah. You know, there were a couple occasions when I had the boys over the summer, um, sorry, before the summer, and we're doing uh, distance learning, and I caught mistakes in the assignments that uh, the teachers put out. And uh, I mean, clear mistakes where math obviously didn't make sense for what they were learning, whatever it may be. And I didn't freak out, I didn't yell at the teacher. All I did was responded back and said, hey, was this supposed to read this way, maybe instead of this way? And the teacher politely responded back, oh, you know what, I, I'm so sorry, uh, you know, let me change that. And she sent out a note to the rest of the students making the change, and, and it was as easy as that. Nobody got upset. Simple. Nobody, Simple. yeah, yeah it, it, it doesn't make any sense, which is why I, I often ask, has the planet gone mad? <laughs> yes, yes, it has. So luckily, my boys have gone back. Uh, they go every day now for a couple hours to in-class learning, which is nice. They get so, that socialization again. Uh, they get to see their friends. Um, and it's not as hard on the teachers as well to put the lesson plan together and expect everybody to show up on time. I know there's kids in their class who couldn't make it to any of the online sessions because the parents who are working rightfully uh, had no other choice. You know, either the kid had to come with them, they had to send them to daycare, and uh, they had to just sort of make it up at the end of the day. But, uh, you know, parents are doing what they got to do. Teachers are teaching the best way they can. And ultimately, we just got to all get through this together. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's tough times, and uh, hopefully uh, in the new year, things will get better. We'll see. It's definitely weird, weird times, for sure. Well, and in any case, obviously, given... The day that it is today, you know, hopefully we see some changes in the next few weeks that uh, are for the better, hopefully open some things up and uh, make lives easier on all of us. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I, ha- I had like a yawn at right when I wanted to talk, so I had to like hold that in a bit. So <laughs> That's okay. Well, in any case, we're getting ready to go to our long break. Uh, But before we do, wanted to remind everybody, today is Election Day. Go out and vote. We're not telling you who to vote for. We're just saying go ahead and make an educated vote. Do the research. Figure out who you want to vote for, what is important to you, and do your responsibility as a member of the society. Folks, headed in the long break, we will be back with our call-in topic of TSA Horror Stories. See you guys in a few. Laugh it up, fuzzball. 
I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Radio show. It is Tuesday, November 3rd. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my melting co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you feeling today? Looks like uh, you'll be staying home from work today, which is a good thing. Uh, but uh, luckily, the fever is coming down a little bit, right? Up, oh, you're on mute. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Always muted on the breaks because uh, Chris and I can't talk in between the breaks because it'll come over the air. So I always mute it, um, which is probably good. I don't have a lot of voice to really chat. I want to save it for the radio. But yeah, temp has gone down a bit, which is nice. It's progress. It's gone down. Let's see, on Saturday, it was uh, over 100. Um, and then Sunday, uh, it was also in the hundreds, then dropped to 99 yesterday. So we're at 98 today. All right, good. Aggressively good. going back down the other way. So that's good. Yesterday, well, it'll be a lot of rest, and uh, well, hopefully I'll be more peppy and zippy tomorrow. So we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, so. get plenty of rest, fluids, soup, orange juice. It just sucks. Emergency. The Iron Man streak ends today. Yeah. I haven't uh, – I've been at that location for oh, over two years, and only one sick call because of the snow – but that one didn't count against anybody, which was great. So I put an asterisk on that because I had to call out <laughs> where I lived. You couldn't see the road five feet in front of you. But uh, this, uh, you know, if uh, the COVID thing wasn't a, a worry, then I would probably, the, the regular Tony would just probably tough it out and take DayQuil and just go. But Yeah, you got to do what's right you gotta for be smart. everybody. Yep. Yeah, you got to be smart and do it. See, the radio is easy. I I just got to roll out of bed, kind of make sure the hair looks okay, somewhat have a voice, and, and put a little energy in it. Now, the energy I have is not a whole lot. This is definitely <laughs> not my most 100% effort, being honest. But, uh, you know, I'm here, happy to do the show. And uh, how are you doing for this second half? You ready to kick some ass? I am. You know, luckily, Tuesdays, I get to do a little more of the heavy lifting. You know, Monday's a very... Tony heavy sort of day, same with Thursday. So, uh, you know, Tony gets to sit back, enjoy, and, and you know, just interject where he needs to and uh, hopefully take a little bit of the stress off of him uh, while he's feeling a little under the weather. But, uh, folks, this is the interactive portion of the show. This is where we want to hear from you guys. Now, what we've been doing is we've been uh, setting up the call-in topic the day before, putting it out on our Facebook and social media, giving you guys a chance to call in and chime in on the Phoenix line so that way we can play your calls the next day. Uh, the Phoenix line is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X. Uh, RDO or 855-336-4973. Of course, you can always chime in live if you are watching our live 
Facebook video, head over to facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Click on the live video and chime in there and let us know what you think about our interactive question or topic of the day. Today's topic is TSA or airport horror stories. The reason this one comes up is I was traveling over the weekend, went to go see my boys. For the most part, it was pretty straightforward, pretty easy. Um, you know, for me, I I've done so much traveling over the years, especially for as long as we've had the TSA, and uh, pretty much know the routine. You know, go through, take off my belt, take off my shoes, put everything in, take my laptop out, stick it in a separate thing, goes through, never really have any issues. Of course, it blows my mind that there are people out there who struggle with understanding what they need to do in the line. But uh, for the first time, they pulled my bag off to the side and, uh, you know, pulled me over and said, you know, uh, do you mind if we search it? And and I had a feeling I knew what the issue was. So I had packed my toothpaste tube, which was only half full. It's about 5.6 ounces when it is full. So at about half, I figured, eh, you know, it was three ounces or less. <laughs> so he goes through, he pulls out the tube and says, uh, well, you know, uh, a lot of people go based on, you know, what's printed on there, but I can see you have halves. Just, you know, just know that you may have to throw it away. And I said, you know, if I have to throw it away, it's, you know, it's a $2 tube of toothpaste. It's it's not that big of a deal. And uh, went on my merry way. But as I'm getting my shoes on, there was another family who had this plastic case. They opened it up and the machine, there's a machine in there. And of course, they had another little plastic case that had sort of uh, needles and tubes and and all sorts of weird things. And of course, you know, TSA is pulling this thing apart and trying to figure out what it is. And and uh, the mom is trying to explain that it's uh, either like a, a home dialysis machine for her kid or something along those lines. But I, I felt so sorry for her having mm-hmm. to deal with this as they're pulling it apart, having kids with her, and then you know, essentially having to put everything back in there you know it, it's it's crazy but uh I, I feel bad and i know that there are other people out there with tsa or airport horror stories that can sympathize tony you've done a bit of traveling anything come to mind on your end uh, yeah there was one time when you had the horror story the the one big one that came to my mind was uh when i was with uh with my ex-wife <clears throat> i forget where we were going but uh, I had just used, uh, she had this Mary Kay, like, glittery lotion. It was some girly lotion thing, whatever. So my hands were dry, and of course, you know, she's like, hey, do you want some lotion? And, you know, so I put some on. That was why we were in the car, because it was this big tube. She didn't bring it with us. Okay. She, we didn't check it, but it was in the car, so it put on this, this lotion. So we go through... Uh, the security checkpoint you know that machine where you stand and you got to hold your hands like this and it does like 360 thing (laughs) so so you do that and uh you know i'm wearing cargo shorts so i already get padded down for the cargo shorts because anytime you wear those it's too puffy and it always flags you on something like Mm. because it's they're baggy so i got the pat down but then this guy pulled me aside and said hey can you come with me you know and i said sure so they pulled me into a room, not not just off to the side to go through my bags. My bags were fine. They pulled me to the room, and I tested positive for explosives. Did you really? So, yeah. 
Yeah, so they had to they had to go through my. I brought my bag in there, and they were rummaging through my stuff. My ex wife was allowed to come like there and stuff, and they swabbed me. Well, it turns out the material in the lotion is what triggered it. So, <laughs> uh, but we almost made a slate, dude. It was lengthy. It was like 15, 20 minutes of explaining. Like I don't know, like what's going on. I don't. I right. they had to keep running some tests, and they were swabbing and. It was all this weird stuff, and it was probably in the mid 2000s, so it wasn't too far from 9/11 right. to this point, you know. So they were being extra cautious. But yeah, I came uh, the lotion, that Mary Kay lotion. Something in it, I guess, resonated with, and ex- <laughs> that triggered an explosive thing. So it was definitely scary in the sense that uh, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I thought I was gonna get a full body cavity search. You know, because you, you hear the joke, right. that, you know, a la Wayne's World, need a full cavity search. Uh, so, yeah, it was very stressful. And we were almost late for our flight. Um, I do remember that. I just don't remember what trip. I don't know if that was our Hawaii trip uh, that we went to or if it was uh, to Florida to go to the Bahamas. It was one of those two, but. Well, either, very stressful. Yeah. Very either way, stressful. luckily you made it to your flight. You made it to your destination. But uh, yeah, that's always scary when they pull you off to the side or oh, into a, into even a better, room. Even better, not only did that happen, but they actually had to call the air, they had to call the plane and let them know we were on our way. So we were the last two to board because oh. of that. They had to actually tell. So everybody's watching, and the flight was a little delayed because of this, but. TSA had communicated with them so that way we didn't get left behind. But oh, buddy, it was stressful. <laughs> worst, worst experience I've had uh, by far. Uh, ten out of ten would not do it again. So. I'm, I'm sure. Well, yeah. folks, that's what we're looking for. We want to hear your TSA or airport horror stories. Chime in now on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Just go to the live video and let us know what your horror story was with the TSA or in an airport or on an airplane. Folks, when we come back, it is all about you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Welcome back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, November 3rd. We are smack dab in the middle of the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners. Chime in on our Facebook live video over at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R. Topic today is TSA or airport horror stories. Of course, we heard Tony's. Uh, we got mine, which wasn't too bad. But, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things we all have to deal with if we want to travel. Uh, we have Kendra, who chimed in, said, uh, Boyfriend brought a drone to Costa Rica. He had tools with him, so I was trying to explain what tools, what the tools were, how they were used in a language I don't speak. We were there for a really long time. I almost left him. Uh, left him for good as a boyfriend or left him as uh, <laughs> just at the airport to deal with the Costa Rica. Bye, life. Felicia. I need a bye, Felicia soundboard. Ooh, TV. there you go. That's a good one. Bye, Felicia. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's a lot of times they just don't understand some of the stuff you bring with them. And, 
it, it amazes me some of the illegal stuff that I know people fly with that they never catch. And yeah, it, 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 there's, there's no rhyme or reason. If you look suspicious, you'll probably get pulled over to the side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and that's the thing too. Like people fly back with like beers. You're not supposed to fly back with that. And uh, I think, at least, I don't think you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, people smuggle stuff. Yeah. Uh, Kendra replied uh, in Costa Rica, so she didn't almost leave him for good. She almost just left him there. Uh, Tony, oh, any, okay. Anybody chime in on your end as far as TSA yeah, or airport horror stories? The Yen- yeah, the Yendras, and and it's more. Not so much a security, um, but it is a travel airport horror story. Um, they said they don't have an issue with TSA because they do TSA pre-check. Um, they've been doing that for, I want to say, about four years now. I could be wrong. And it has worked out for them very well. Um, obviously, they have their little daughter and now son. So that's going to be extra easier with the kiddos. But, yeah, they've always no issues going through security because they go through the nice line so they always tell me to do it and i'm like nah i just don't well with as much i tra- put myself through there yeah, as much traveling as you do tony it might be worth you know taking the oh, time yeah. to apply for it and, and uh yeah it just makes life that much easier absolutely would have saved me on that last trip to nevada where i slept late and uh <laughs> and, and now living in fort collins it's a lot harder to get down to dia uh, but yeah, their horror story goes back to uh, 2019, where uh, uh, we were going to Disney World. We had this big trip. I mean, we had big plans. So we all wake up, and then in a panic, we all meet up at our friend Jim and Renee's house. And uh, what had happened that morning is, you know, the weather was it was a little rainy or whatever. Well, a big hailstorm came through and just pulverized our plane that we were supposed to fly out on Southwest. Uh. Like, it got damaged. So then we get this thing saying, your flight is now delayed. And this is like a red eye. This is all 6 a.m. We're all at Jim and Renee's, tired, packed, ready for Disney. And then uh, we're like, okay, well, should we jump on the flight? Now we're panicking because we don't know. Everyone's on the phone with Southwest to try to figure out what the hell to do next. Right. Well, then then, uh, Mike and Lacey... They're the brave ones that jump on the next flight. They just move their flight. So now we're all paranoid and pissed. So we push our flight back to like the 10 o'clock one. I think they jumped on a 7 o'clock or something. Well, then as they get closer, their flight gets canceled. And now the next flight is not till the next day. So then Mike and Lacey, you know, they had... I think we had all kinds of festivals planned that night. And of course, you know, the rooms that are booked and, and all that stuff that comes into play. Now we have to fix with Disney. So Mike and Lacey were like, screw this. They've got a flight out of Omaha. So then they had to drive nine hours in the rain to Omaha. Yeah. So they, instead of spending the day with us, they hauled ass up to Omaha, jumped on a plane, got there. Now they did get there before us, which was great. But what a nightmare headache. Like, we got to go the next day, but I remember it being the most stressful day, not actually at the airport. It was stressful in the sense of everybody's emotions were running high, everybody's disappointment. Uh, we were going to go to, like, a uh, luau dinner thing that night. Denny had this firework cruise thing planned that evening, and there were so many festivities that were going on that evening, and it just 
all went in the toilet because of this hailstorm. But Southwest didn't tell us that. And we didn't know what the hell was going on. It just mm-hmm. kept flights were booked and delayed. So then we're wondering like, oh, crap, should we have jumped on that flight with Mike and Lacey? And oh, <laughs> oh, my God, it was just a stressful day. We ended up going to see, I think, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure we all went and saw Aladdin that day at the AMC in Brighton. Uh, we all hung out. Mike and Lacey obviously did not. They were hauling balls back to uh, <laughs> Omaha right. to catch their flight. But just stressful because they drove down from Holdridge, Nebraska, which is five and a half hours, to, to fly out of Denver, only to have to turn around and go five and a half. But then to go all the way to Omaha is like a nine-hour drive. It's just, oh, yeah. what a nightmare. So their story, just huge. Yeah. I mean, huge, del- delays, huge, I mean – delay delays are one thing there's some things that are just out of your control but when the airline fails to communicate with you or help you out uh, that is extremely frustrating and that's the reason i won't fly in or out of san francisco unless i'm actually going to san francisco uh, as a connecting flight because it is always delayed yep tony's rocking his giant shirt today yeah just totally ironic how ironic, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, I have been stuck there for two days because the fog never let up. And uh, it's, it's just frustrating. It's not a whole lot of fun. But uh, let's see. Kendra also chimed in, said, uh, traveling to Alice Spring, Australia from Sydney. I made my flight, but my luggage didn't. I went to work on Monday in my sweats because I had no clothes. The Qantas missing luggage bag is delightful. Oh, I, and I try never to check my bags. Even if I'm going on a long flight, I will get it into a carry-on because I, I don't trust what airlines do with our uh, checked bags. Sometimes they don't show up. Sometimes they go through them. It's it's frustrating. Yeah, even, dude, even with your magical little passcode lock, they could still get in. Yeah. They still have special keys to get in because uh, I want to say I'm one of my flights... I think it was a flight home from Nevada when it was a little too heavy and stuff. Um, there was a note, there was like a letter in there saying they had went in my bag. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess they, <laughs> they have a magic key to get in, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, or, or they cut the little locks or whatever it is they do. But uh, yeah, if it's out of your hands, out of your sight, you never know. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah. <laughs> Can be stressful. Exactly. Well, folks, that does it for our topic of uh, TSA Horror Stories. Tomorrow's call-in topic is, when is it okay to start decorating for Christmas? Here's a hint, not the day after Halloween. (laughs) Folks, when we come back, uh, we have a segment called, Whatever Happened to the Cast of? Stay tuned to find out. We'll see you guys in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Radio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, November 3rd. Now we talk about it a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line inviting you guys to call in, chime in on anything whatsoever, including our call-in topic. you got mail. Exactly. Uh, our call-in topic for tomorrow is, 
when is it okay to start decorating for Christmas? Um, and like I said, it's uh, the day after Halloween is, is not the day. But let us know when you think it's okay to start decorating for Christmas or what drives you nuts about people who decorate right away, right after Halloween. In any case, go ahead and chime in on the Phoenix line, that number 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together and put them out in a future show. Now, in this segment, wanted to talk about whatever happened to the cast of, well, in this case, inspiration hit me last night watching Monday Night Football, which, uh, quick little side tangent, the Monday Night Football commentating crew is the worst ever. Uh, Masters of... Yeah. All they do is state the obvious. It's it's not like watching Tony Romo, uh, who is uh, just a wonderful commentator uh, since he stepped into the booth, but... Uh, oh. I, I can't stand the Monday night crew. Well, look, look now when he scored the touchdown, he caught the ball. That's that. That's a touchdown. That's six points right there. Now, <laughs> see in that next play, see, it wasn't pass interference because he wasn't around the ball when it was thrown. <laughs> now, on this next play, they can either run the ball or they can throw the ball or the quarterback can keep the ball and decide to run yeah. the ball himself. Well, what other options are there? <laughs> Yeah, and Antonio Brown starts on – he's going to be with the team on Sunday. Antonio Brown, he'll be suiting up on Sunday. Right. Don't forget about Antonio Brown on Sunday. Yeah. I don't know how many times I had to hear that last night too, huh? <sighs> it's frustrating, Jeez. but it actually turned out to be a pretty good game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New York Giants. And today's Whatever Happened to the Cast of Little Giants. A fun movie that uh, Tony and I grew up with, hit theaters on October 14th in 1994, and, uh, you know, there are obviously some big stars to come out of it, and some little-known stars. The Icebox. Oh, including the Icebox, but uh, let's go ahead and start off with some of the more well-known. Of course, Ed O'Neill, who everybody knows from Married with Children, a wonderful movie, Dutch, and then, of course, more recently, Modern Family, um, plays ex-football star Kevin O'Shea in Little Giants running tryouts for the town's peewee football team, cutting anyone showing the slightest incompetence. Before his acting career, O'Neill had played college football on a scholarship and was actually drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers at one point. I had no idea. Wow. O'Neill has since spent the last 11 years starring in Modern Family, which just wrapped up its run. He was nominated twice for Golden Globes, three times for Primetime Emmys, and since May 2019, holds the record for starring in the most episodes of any network sitcom. His other major project, of course, was Married with Children, which he starred in from 1987 to 1997. I didn't realize that went 10 years. He's also played Detective Michael Mooney in Big Apple, Lieutenant Joe Friday in the 2003-04 reboot of the crime drama Dragnet, and Governor Eric Baker in the series The West Wing, and voiced the character of Hank, the octopus, with a missing tentacle in Finding Dory. So uh, Ed O'Neill, obviously, he's been up to quite a lot. The other big name to come out of that movie is somebody who hasn't been up to quite so much, Rick Moranis. Coming off mm. hits like Ghostbusters and Little, Little Shop Horrors. Yep. Moranis was cast as Danny O'Shea in Little Giants. Unlike his winning is everything older brother, Danny muses to his young 
charges in the film. Who said you had to be good to play football? You play football because you want to. You play football because it's fun. You play football so you could pretend you're Joe Montana throwing a touchdown pass or Emmett Smith going for a long run. And even if those Cowboys are better than you guys, even if they beat you 99 times out of 100, that still leaves one time, which I think we can all take to heart in this day and age. Moranis later starred in comedies like Big Bully, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, and of course, Honey, We Shrunk the Kids. Widowed in 1991 after his wife's death from breast cancer, he decided to take a break from acting to focus on raising his children. In an interview with Hollywood Reporter in 2015, Moranis revealed, I took a break which turned into a longer break. Besides famously turning down a cameo in the 2015 Ghostbusters re- uh, reboot, Moranis has d- mainly done voice work, notably for Disney's Brother Bear and Brother Bear 2, and launched three comedy albums, You, Me, The Music and Me, The Agoraphobic Cowboy, and My Mother's Brisket and Other Love Songs. And uh, he's actually won Emmys, no, Emmys, uh, Grammys for those projects. And, of course, we saw him recently with Ryan Reynolds in a uh, a cell phone commercial, which is a little strange and out of the blue. Uh, I know he is going to star or at least be in the upcoming Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reboot with Josh Gad, and with fingers crossed, we'll see him in the new Ghostbusters movie as well. Yes, which quick side tangent, I uh, since Halloween I've been watching Ghostbusters I decided last night just to give it a try, it's been a while I watched Ghostbusters reboot, answer the call it, it, it was bad it, it is, just was right. so bad I'm sorry, I I went in again, like, okay, well, I'm going to open mind this and just watch it. And, oof, Wesley Jones is, uh, it just is so bad. Yeah. And, so you bad. know, Chris I'm... Hemsworth's awesome, awesome <laughs> in it still. But it just, there, it was a lot of things wrong with that movie. I forgot Ozzy Osbourne was in it, too. He was. A lot of people yeah. blasted it because they thought, oh, an all female remake. It wasn't even that, it was just no. poor writing. And didn't capture the tone of the original Ghostbusters. No. I mean, the first just... one was just so well-written, so well-crafted. Uh, you know, the first two, but uh, not so much this oh, one. Oh, gosh, it was so bad, man. I wanted to I wanted to say something nice. Like, you know, it didn't age that bad. It's actually pretty good. You should watch it. Nah, don't go so back much. and watch it. It's, it's, it's pretty bad. Well, moving on with whatever happened to the cast of Little Giants, we move on to Shauna Waldron. Waldron captured our hearts as the spunky tomboy Becky Icebox O'Shea. Despite being one of the best players, she is cut from Kevin O'Shea's elite team, unfortunately on the basis of gender, which we were just talking about. Undeterred, she convinces her father, Danny O'Shea, to set up a rival team, which later adopts the name Little Giants. Little Giants became Waldron's feature film debut when an earlier film, The New Kid, was never released. The following year, she played the president's daughter and the American president and also took roles on TV projects, Family Rules, and Ladies Man. Waldron has also starred in horror films such as Stitch, Night Lights, and Dead Man Rising. And uh, didn't see any of those, but, uh, you know, good for her for uh, at least making somewhat of a career out of herself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I love this movie as a kid. I just always thought it was cool. She was the tomboy girl. And, uh, you know, didn't she have a crush on uh, the little quarterback she got signed? Oh, yeah. Who we are talking about next. uh, And the actor, Devin Sawa, who was huge in the 90s and then seemingly disappeared. 
Well, the Canadian, yeah, the Canadian actor played Junior Floyd, the cute quarterback who gets recruited to the Little Giants team. Becky O'Shea later develops a crush on him. Self-described as ex-teen heartthrob in his Twitter bio. At least he has a sense of humor about it. Sawa recently played a role of Lester Clark Jr. in Escape Plan, The Extractors, alongside with Sylvester Stallone and Dave Bautista, 50 Cent, Jin Zeng, and Harry Shum Jr. Other projects included uh, Final Destination, Primetime Emmy-nominated Nikita, Somewhere Between, an episode of Hawaii Five-0, and of course the Eminem music video uh, where he played the real Stan. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he has two. You know what's? I was going to say crazy. he has. I actually thought he uh, committed suicide. I'm glad he did not. I, you know, I think that was one of those internet rumors that uh, turned yeah, out not to be like, true. Yeah. Thank God. I had heard that <laughs> go. Oh man, that sucks. But yeah. yeah. I'm glad that's not true. He has two children and often tweets funny things about them. Uh, he might be worth checking out. All right. And then uh, we had uh, Todd Bosley. Bosley played the small-built Jake Berman, the little nerdy kid in Little Giants. Uh, last year, Bosley tweeted, Little Giants was my first big acting gig, and the five months we spent making it felt like the greatest summer camp ever. After Little Giants, Bosley acted in two episodes of Seinfeld and took on the role of Howie in Scrubs. In 2001, he played the lead role in in the film Lloyd. From 2016 to 2018, he worked on Game Shakers, a sitcom about two 12-year-olds who start a multi-million dollar gaming company. I think that was on Nickelodeon. Uh, more recently, he's been focusing on voiceover work as well as appearing in commercials and various TV shows. So, uh, yeah, he's been... He, he looks just like he did when he's a kid. It's creepy. Yeah, yeah. Just... Yeah, you know, because it's that awkward... It's kind of like that meme you, with the kid that's like, <laughs> you know, they just put for everything <laughs> right and of course he was the comic oh, relief man. of that movie so much fun and then finally with whatever happened to the cast of Little Giants you have Sam Horrigan Horrigan played the talented but arrogant Spike in Little Giants who starts out the scrappy Little Giants team but later switches allegiance to the elite Urbania Cowboys. After Little Giants, Horgan played Quentin Kelly in ABC series Grace Under Fire, which starred Brett Butler, Casey Sander, and twins Dylan and Cole Sprouse. He also appeared in CSI, True Blood, Modern Family, and School of Rock, the television series. And uh, this guy looks like he was ch a model, just like chiseled out of uh, a stone. And, and uh, I'm trying to think of what else he was in that's not listed on here. Um, I want to say he was in Van Wilder as one of the um, fellow uh, uh, frat guys that uh, eats the unfortunate donuts, cream-filled donuts, if you remember that scene. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bulldogs! <laughs> uh, but he's had a good career, and so have many of the other stars of Little Giants. Well worth going back and checking out. But uh, in any case, that does it for this segment of Whatever Happened to the Cast of in this case, Little Giants. Folks, when we come back, it's uh, the final segment of the show where we drop a little knowledge, hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you guys in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. 
Welcome back, folks, to the fourth and final segment of the final hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, November 3rd. Yeah, we made it through with a few bumps and bruises. Tony uh, Melton over oh. there. But uh, you know what? I think we ended the show strong, but it's not over yet. We still have this day in history. However, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Austin Powers saved us from the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. So uh, we live to fight another day. Do I make you corny, baby? Do I? <laughs> I saw a meme where they put Austin Powers' face on Jonathan Davis's face. Over his face, it says, Do I make you corny, corny. baby? With a K. So, yeah. I love it. Do I make you corny, baby? Do I? <laughs> Uh, while you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring unless it's a cold. Then stay home and don't be a rooster about it. Yeah. Uh, it ain't fun. That's the one thing you don't want to share. What we yeah, do, don't share that. What we do want to share is what we do each and every day in the final segment of the show. Drop a little knowledge, hopefully make you laugh a little bit. It is This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, kicking off This Day in History, This Day in 1534, English Parliament passes the Act of Supremacy, making Henry VIII and all subsequent monarchs head of the Church of England, ruling with an iron turkey leg um oh henry this oh i'm gonna smart turkey leg he's <laughs> yeah. right apparently they didn't believe in the separation of church and state which uh you know obviously something had to wait a couple hundred years to get here in the u.s and even now we're not even really getting but that's all another story <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here in 1752, this day in 1752, George George Friedrich Handel undergoes a failed eye operation. Uh, he was a composer, and could you imagine getting eye surgery in 1752? No, thank no, you. No, like, how would that go? Oh, it's all my work on your eyeball here. Just going to do a little... Well, how are you now blind? Oh, yeah, right nope. <laughs> okay, uh, don't worry. It's on us. We're not going to bill you. It's all good. I got news for you. I'm hesitant to get anything eye-related here in 2020. Back in 1752, yeah. no way. I'll go blind. Yeah. I'll let the thing rot out of my head. There's there's no way. Yeah, not worth it. Mm-mm. All right, moving on this day in 1783, George Washington orders the Continental Army to be disbanded. Obviously, there was no need after we earned our freedom, we earned our independence. And, uh, you know, in fact, after that, our normal armed forces started being set up and uh, we enjoyed the liberties that we have today, including voting, which today is vote. Vote day? <laughs> voting day. <laughs> election day. It's election day. Go out and vote. <laughs> be heard. You know who wasn't heard? Alpatine. This day in 1793, French playwright, journalist, and feminist Olympe de Gauges or Gauges is guillotined. 
back in the day Ooh. when they loved chopping people's heads off. Goodbye. <laughs> yep. Never quite understood it. <laughs> choppy, choppy. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on this day in 1796, John Adams is elected as the second president of the United States of America. And my boys never like to let people not know of the fact that they are descendants of John Adams, uh, the second president of the United States. So uh, they've got that going. Wow! That's their that's their claim, baby. Yep. I mean, Dad does a does a popular radio show on a uh, up and coming network, but John Adams is the claim to fame. That is their claim to fame. Uh, For now. Speaking of presidents, this day in 1868, Ulysses S. Grant wins the U.S. presidential election over Horatio Seymour. Ulysses and Horatio, both great first names that we need to bring back. Yeah. President Seymour Skinner. (laughs) (laughs) This day in 1899, world heavyweight boxing champion, no, not the stand-up comedian from Australia, Jim Jeffries, but rather James J. Jeffries retains the title. Beats Irishman Tom Sharkey on points in 25 rounds at Coney Island Athletic Club in Brooklyn, New York. And of course, back Brooklyn. in those days, you had to put up your dukes. He didn't have an awesome handlebar yeah, mustache, but uh, many, many people did. It was like Glass Joe from Punch Out. <laughs> 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 My favorite was always King Hippo. You punch him in the stomach and his pants fell down. <laughs> yeah, he was your only guaranteed knockout the whole game. Yep. Like, all you had to do is get his chubby butt down. No, Glass Joe. Glass Joe was always so easy. Yeah. Oh, I see what well, you're he saying. Was. You, yeah, yeah, TKO you know what I mean? Because once you, once you knock down King Hippo, he never got back up. He always just stayed down. Fair enough. But, like, Glass Joe, if you didn't whip his ass in the first, like, 10 seconds and really rock him, Typically, he got back up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, fun video game reminiscing. Oh, Punch Out. It's just badass game. Yep. Moving on this day in 1911, Chevrolet officially enters the oh! automobile market in competition with the Ford Model T. Uh, speaking of Chevy and Ford, Tony, would you rather have taken a uh, Chevy over a Ford at this point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a rock. I don't know. Yes, my Ford experience has not uh, been the best. So, yeah, but it's back up and running. I, I can't complain. I'm getting around again. There you go. Brand new engine. Yeah. Brand new engine. All right. Moving on. This day in 1930. This one doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The Bank of Italy is renamed Bank of America. That makes the perfect sense. I mean, come on. Yowie, wowie. Makes the most perfect sense. <laughs> All right, moving on this day in 1941, Hirohodo's accord on Yamamoto's attack plan on Pearl Harbor fails. Uh, Pearl Harbor fails. Um, yeah, we're getting close to uh, that December 8th attack on Pearl Harbor. Uh, apparently, they had one other plan before that, but uh, with luckily that didn't go through. Unfortunately, just a, a little over a month later, it did. So, yeah, sad Crazy. times. Sad, sad times. Very sad. All right, uh, this day in seven, uh, sorry, 1952, Clarence Birdseye markets frozen peas. Obviously, right around that time is when freezers and refrigerators were becoming all the rage, and uh, you could freeze things that had to be fresh before their time. And so frozen peas, I think, were the first to uh, to be up on the, uh, the block of uh, frozen foods that people refused to eat. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Peas. Yum. This day in 1956, The Wizard of Oz is first televised on CBS television. Obviously, it was a movie Ooh. from 1939, I want to say. Did it have the little the little person in the background that supposedly hung himself? Did they show that? Ooh, that would be a great topic to cover is um, urban legends about movies. Uh, movies, uh, we should do that, yeah. Because that was always the thing. There was like the little stagehand, the little munchkin that went in the background and supposedly uh, hung himself. Right. I saw, I saw the scene and they say it's not, but it looks... Looks different. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. You, there's something there. But yeah, it, is something it, going is on it in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, something going on back there. This day in 1957, the Soviet Union launches Sputnik 2 with space dog Laika aboard, a mostly Siberian husky, the first animal in space. And of course, she didn't come back. Poor Laika. Hmm. But she uh, went to space. Yeah, yeah, she was definitely a first. Boy, a lot of election ones that, you know, just yeah, don't really really care about. Uh, ooh, here's one that... Uh, I like those odds. This is a sad thing. This day in 1984, the body of assassinated Indian Prime Minister Indira Gandhi is cremated. And I think Indira was related to Mahatma. Don't know in what respect, but uh, yeah. <laughs> and then finally this... In a, in a God of the freedom, baby. That's all I thought of during that last part. <laughs> Finally, in 1987, this day, Oakland A's first baseman Mark McGuire wins the American League Rookie of the Year with 49 home runs, 118 RBIs, second to win the AL Award unanimous, unanimously behind uh, Carlton Fisk from 1972. Yeah. And yeah, you know, bums me out is you look back and he was so skinny and he was able to do all that. I think the natural raw talent of Mark McGuire's always been there. The guy has been a phenomenal baseball player, and unfortunately he did some things that weren't banned at the time that may have enhanced, but it just sucks that he's not he doesn't get into the Hall of Fame for all that. Guy was a hell of a player, man. Oh yeah. I think him and Sosa, you know, they saved baseball in ninety eight, so I agree. I agree. Well, <sighs> well, Disappointing how they're snubbed out. Folks, before we head out for the day, let's run down a couple of today's holidays. Holidays. For instance, today is Election Day, obviously, but it's also day. National Skeptics Day, which uh, I don't know if that quite goes hand in hand. It is yep. National. Uh, your person doesn't get voted in. Your windows get smashed in. That's the uh, way it goes. Let's hope not. It is Cliche Day. Yay. Every day is sort of a little bit of a cliche. It is Give Someone a Dollar Day. It is Ooh, National please. Housewife Day, World Jellyfish Ooh. Day, and National Sandwich Day. I'm going to go get myself a sandwich before heading down Yum. to the polls. Philly cheese. Ooh, there you go. Folks, we'll be back tomorrow with a brand new show. Words are hard Wednesday. Have a great, great Tuesday. Go out and vote. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. Uh-huh.